Hey guys, thank you so much for listening to another episode of Reggie's Expressions. But before we get started, I need to tell you about how great this application called Anchor is. That's the application that I'm using to record this right now. This application is great because it allows you to be able to record a podcast and do all the things that you need in terms of editing in one place, all right? I used this application before, and not only did I have to record it, I had to download it from this thing and add it to this and add it. It was just too much. I found out about Anchor, and I realized how easy it was. They have all the creation tools and everything that you're going to need right from your phone. You can edit, you can add music, whatever you need directly from the application. Like I said, it's all in one place. You can also make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. I can't reiterate that enough, all right? So all you guys got to do is go and download the Anchor app, either from your Google Play Store or your Apple Play Store or wherever you get your, your apps from on your phone. Or you can do it the traditional way by going to anchor.fm to get started. All right, guys, enjoy this episode. Thank you so much again. And don't forget, you can find us on Reggie's Expressions, and that's Reggie's underscore expressions on Instagram. Enjoy the episode. Hello, guys. How you doing? It's time for another episode of Reggie's Expression. This is season three, episode two. Uh, thank you for everybody who took the time to listen uh, to the Exploring Traumas uh, episode. <clears throat> it was something that was near and dear to my heart. Um, it took me a little bit before I was able to feel comfortable enough with releasing it. Because <clears throat> I do understand that I'm telling a little bit of a tale, you know, including, you know, involving myself. <clears throat> and uh, I'm okay with being transparent about it. Um, you know, simply because and these are real things that have impacted my life and I want to make sure that I'm giving a real, you know, unadulterated uh, um, kind of expectation in terms of being transparent with myself, being transparent with uh, with others, and that somebody might find truth or, you know, find comfort and, and strength in telling their story based on the experience that I have. So, thank you for that. And, um, you know... Today we're going to talk a little bit about, uh, you know, after you start to explore the, the the traumas, you know, now that you know that you, you know, obviously have some traumas and things that have kind of impacted your relationship, which I know there's a big, you know, um, jump between exploring it and, 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 you know, what we're going to talk about a little bit today, but it's going to be all encompassing, as I should say, that it's going to be a journey from still exploring and you know, kind of putting light on them, working through them, and then, you know, getting to the other side. I mean, I can't say for myself that I have completely um, um, you know, been abstained from my uh, traumas that I have. I'm pretty sure they still kind of affect and influence you know, certain things. So, Uh, in me so uh, it's a work in progress still and I'm still going to be talking from my experience so um, as I mentioned in the previous podcast um, you guys uh, know that I lost my mother at the beginning of the month 
and I talked a little bit about her story and her mental illness and and things of that nature. Um, you know, a little bit about the experience that I had with my brothers and sisters having to, you know, plan my mother's funeral and, you know, kind of be the, <clears throat> the, you know, the person that had to handle everything and it was overwhelming. And, um, yeah, <clears throat> it's, I'm still in the process of trying to, um, feel good about it, I guess, you know, I'm still affected in a sense that whenever I think about the experience and I tell the story, I find myself getting upset and, uh, you know, I want to be free of it. And I know that's going to take some time, you know, for me to, to be able to do that. So, you know, um, I did get a chance to talk to, uh, a, a grief or a bereavement therapist. I think, uh, that was last week and, uh, it was definitely helpful. Um, and I have therapy appointments that's coming up a little bit. Um, and I'm also gonna dig a little deeper in terms of me being an advocate for therapy. Okay. Um, I know I kind of hit a little bit of it yeah, uh, last time and, um, that was for the sole purpose of sometimes, you know, I don't want to sound heavy handed and in, in forcing people into you know, therapy, but honestly, I only, I think that it's really the only way that you are able to kind of be able to process things. You try to do it on your own, or you're using other coping, coping mechanisms. The experience of, you know, pulling through may be temporary. You might find yourself having to come back to those things. So, I think that there are many other tools you can use to be able to overcome any depression that you may have, but I 100% believe that it must include, um, it must include therapy. Like, that's not an option. That's not nothing to be played with. Like, I, you know what I'm saying? At this point, me being in, in therapy as long as I have... And, you know, coming out on the, you know, the good side of it, you know, all those other things that I might have thought, like, for example, you know, people I don't know, know my business, what are they going to do with it? Nothing, you know, um, unless you're a harm to yourself, then yeah, they have to do something. Um, you know, I don't feel comfortable with talking to somebody I don't know. At some point, everybody is somebody you don't know. You just eventually get to know them. And that's what you do with your therapy. Um, well, what if it's a person I don't even really like like that? therapists are just like people you might find somebody that you just don't vibe with and that's nothing wrong with you or you know the process of therapy that just means that this per, uh, particular therapist ain't for you you know and you really have to give yourself an honest and fighting chance at finding somebody that does um you know uh work best for you okay as i was stating with you guys uh last week my therapist is a six foot tall white man who's maybe a few years older than I here in the same he and I are in the same age bracket um white male probably has been given everything but you know when I was going through my journey process through the VA I really didn't have that option you know to say okay I'm only gonna I want somebody who's black who's African-American man who's gay and so on and so forth you know um 
because this is something you know requesting people that have kind of shared your similar path or experiences or can align in certain ways you know with the black experience is very very new you know so that's not something i had the luxury of being able to do and besides i'm talking to anybody <laughs> i can talk to anybody hence the reason why i have this podcast um so i'm gonna take a break here uh i just wanted to get you guys warmed up see i'm already this was supposed to be an intro and that was the longest ass intro i've ever had so anyway uh that's to let you guys know that this is going to be a good episode come join me and don't forget to uh like subscribe share follow on social media reggie underscore or reggie's underscore expressions and that's spelled um R-E-G-G-E-E-S underscore expressions. That's on uh, Facebook and that is also on Instagram. All right. I typically just post whenever I have a new episode. So don't at me, bro. But anyway, we're going to take a uh, quick second and we'll be right back for another episode of Reggie's Expressions. I don't have a, yeah, it's a whole thing. All right, guys. Talk to you soon. So yeah, um, this episode, I know in the very beginning, in the very, uh, the intro is kind of like all over the place, but I'm going to talk about, uh, mostly my journey, more of my journey about how I came into therapy, um, and also, you know, uh, recognizing the, you know, the traumas that I have and what to do about it now so it's going to be a mixture of both things but follow me here because they both kind of intertwine with each other so yeah um we're going to talk a little bit about that um a little bit more but um yeah i'm very transparent about my road to therapy um because i do feel like it is um a big portion and reason of why I can have self-reflection almost immediately after, you know, something happens and, you know, allow myself some grace with understanding that I don't always have it figured out. And I really sometimes just base my, uh, you know, emotions on the experience at that time. So, yeah. I started, well, I have to let you guys know about some quirks and things that I had when I was a kid. When I was younger, I would say the first time that I remember, first time that I remembered um, having some sense of anxiety, but I didn't know what it was then. Um, it was just a weird quirk, but the sense of anxiety that I've, you know, recognized now is when I was in about, uh, when I was in sixth grade, I was at Radium Springs Middle School in Albany, Georgia. And um, I remember I had this thought, and it lasted a few weeks, um, where I was under the impression that if I swallow something that I would choke. Um, I could not tell you how I had, uh, I got to that thought process, but I remember being focused on that for a while. So for a number of weeks, I 
did not eat anything other than soft foods like scrambled eggs. And even that was a challenge at point at times, you know, uh, potatoes. Um, and then I drunk, drunk a lot of uh, sodas and, and water, you know, liquid because I was concerned, you know. And um, again, like I said, I don't know how I got to that point or what caused me to get to that level of, 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 of concern or anything like that. But I did. Um, I remember telling my, my step parent, well, my dad and my stepmother about it. And they were like, well, I don't remember them. They just went on along for the ride because my stepmom would only give me potatoes. It wasn't like she was, you know, like, you know, no, you're going to eat your food. She would, you know, serve potatoes or whatever the soft food was at that time uh, that we ate. Because, you know, as a kid, you can't eat what you want. You know what I'm saying? Either you're going to eat the food that I made your ass so you ain't going to eat shit. Y'all know how folks did back in the day. They were mean to us. All I wanted was just some cereal for dinner. Goodness. We already bought the cereal. Anyway. Um, and that's that's really what I, 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 I thought. I don't remember how long it was. But I remember telling my friends at the table about it. And I had uh, uh, my friends. (laughs) We were probably the weirdest, you know, I mean, we were black kids in the South. But uh, I had two, I had uh, twins as friends. Um, Their first name both begin with J. And I had another friend uh, named Antoinique. Um, So... (laughs) They uh they were my friends. They we were they were kids that I got along with. You know what I'm saying? And I remember all of us sitting at the table at, at one point, and and uh, I told them that, and they were just like, oh, you know, that's weird, or you know, I don't think they offered any comfort or knew how to, but it was more or less like, oh, okay, well, and I, I did that for a few weeks until one day, um, I felt better enough of being able to eat. I think I started with a little bit harder, you know semi hard food a little bit more harder and then just regular food over time and i think uh you know like any um you know anxious uh, manifestations sometimes they're they're just temporary so you know you learn to adapt and eventually you know it's something you know that's in the back burner but i didn't know what it was at the time and uh you know i've had uh i had a few more quirks you know going oh uh, growing up that were definitely signs of my mental state I had a lot going on, you know, my mom, as I told you guys, I was, um, was, uh, mentally ill. I was eight years old. We were in the foster, uh, care system. We were homeless for two weeks, um, pulled away from my mom, you know, just a whole bunch of things that at a kid, you know, at that age, I don't even remember anybody asking how I felt about it. You know what I'm saying? I don't remember seeing a therapist or anything like that. And that's, that's right along in line with how, you know, black people saw, mental illness and uh it was other some other things that you know definitely uh reared or you know evolved and then i always have had this issue with my breathing or uh hyperventilating or you know just being super aware of my breath and um you know that i think has you know, become a, a, a mainstay as I've gotten older now and focusing on my, my therapy. And, um, but yeah, you know, that's, that was, I think kind of signs that I notice in myself now that I remember going through as a kid then. So, um, I, 
had just gotten out of the military and I remember working at my job at AT&T as an it was I was a sales rep at the time working at Regency Park and um, just remember feeling like overwhelmingly anxious like I just could not shake it at all and just feeling nervous and, and afraid and and all these things and at that time I had an episode where I had eaten a chip and you know in the south we say it went down the wrong tube and I started to choke and I was living on Hodges Boulevard at the time in my own uh, one bedroom apartment I did not live with anybody else and I remember being you know afraid and concerned you know that um shit I could die you know I would die alone and nobody would know and that was something that scared the crap out of me like I was so concerned and even when I cleared my throat I still had the thought in my head that I would you know fall asleep and I would choke as a result and you know I would die in my sleep again you know having the thought of you know no one's gonna find me I'm gonna be here alone so on and so forth so I called my friend Sam shout out to Sam and um, had uh, had him come over him and his uh, uh, wife at the time come over to the house and his wife was a uh, certified nursing's assistant so I had her kind of help me with, you know, some rational and logical and informational thinking, you know, letting me know that if I'm talking, then more than likely <laughs> I'm going to, you know, that I'm, I'm not choking. You know, that's not the case all the time. But, you know, um, I remember having a little Blackberry and searching it on the Internet. Y'all know how the Internet looked on the phones back in the day. It was horrible. And uh, I started to get more information and take uh, inventory at what I was feeling. And it was nervousness, um, tiredness, uh, anxiousness, um, concern, worry, impending doom. And I just typed all that information into Google. And it came up with anxiety. So I contacted my... I contacted my uh, doctor um, and I honestly and truly cannot tell you how I got on the, I got to the idea of actually going to a psychiatrist, but I did. I went to a psychiatrist and at the time when I was diagnosed with my anxiety, all we had was... Um, you know, at the time, there was no holistic approach or anything. It was more or less like drugs, drugs, drugs. So that's how I became to know this, uh, the drugs that I know today <clears throat> and how they become a part of my daily regimen. But it was really kind of matter-of-factly, you know. 
when I saw the signs and it explained, you know, the signs of anxiety, how I felt, I knew <clears throat> that that was what I had. And immediately I, I you know, let the, uh, the psychiatrist know. And he was like, how do you, you know, you're, you're amazing at explaining yourself. It was this Indian doctor. And I'm like, okay. And he was like, you know, the fact that you're telling me all these things and you're like right on. I was like, well, the only way that I'm going to be able to express to you how I feel about something is if I tell you. And I, that's the only way I can, um, you know, I can properly express how I'm feeling. And, uh, yeah, I, you know, it was, it was almost a, it was a compliment I, I meant it at the time, but, or if I felt that it was at the time, but now I can kind of understand how shady that might have been. Cause I, I just, you know, I felt like he was really just trying to say, Hey, I, I, you know, I'm surprised that someone like you would be able to articulate as well as you do. He actually said the word articulate. So whatever. <clears throat> anyway. Um, so, um, then it transitioned into me getting a little old white lady by the name of Jane. I don't remember her last name. And, um, you know, I, I, you know, went through my job and I got six free sessions. And after this free sessions, I started to pay my copay. And, and um, you know, that was not my first therapy uh, experience, but my first therapy experience was actually in California. Um, and I went once and then I ended up moving back east. But the, the woman I remember was so deadpan. You know, there was no emotional connection. She had dreads and, and all that stuff. So I was like, OK, well, great. You know, you tried it. Um, but, uh, yeah, it was, it was, uh, it was interesting. Um, the first one, I, I didn't go back until, uh, you know, a few years later, you know, but, um, you know, it, 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 it came together for me, um, in terms of my anxiety and, you know, um, all that fun stuff pretty quickly. And, uh, so I didn't, I didn't go through, uh, a long time trying to figure out what this was and how it was manifesting in, in, in its way. I think it was just almost like a, cause so it's unlike going to, um, what do you call it? You know, WebMD and you put all your symptoms in there and it's like, you got cancer, you know what I'm saying? And it's like, <laughs> you know, damn well, you know, you ain't got cancer, but all the symptoms are there. If this felt different, like I remember reading anxiety and feeling like that's it, that is it, you know, and um, so most people, you know, will struggle sometimes, they'll, you know, psych themselves out, you know, try not to believe what they're believing is true and all these other things. That was not my experience. I was very, very happy and, and excited about that um, because I was on that path of recovery <clears throat> pretty quickly. Now, you know, even though I... I recognize that it was anxiety in myself <clears throat> I didn't have the easiest journey when it came to medicine um, very early on I was prescribed uh, Xanax Ambien and Lexapro Lexapro is something I still use today and Xanax really chilled me the fuck out it's probably the best thing and the most you know uh, impactful thing that you could take that will work in anxiety um but it was um uh, habit forming and i didn't like that so i think they gave me about nine months 
you know, of her um, refills. And they gave me um, ongoing refills of Lexapro. And um, yeah, by the end of that year, I would honestly and truly say that I felt that I was pretty damn uh, cured and decided to go off the medicine. And um, needless to say, that probably wasn't the best idea. So I'm going to take a break here. And then when we come back, I'm going to explore the um, the experience that I had with, you know, going cold turkey and uh, and uh, continuing my uh, medical regiment with my um, medicine. So stay right here. I'll be right back. So yeah, I'm back and, uh, you know, I, I ended with talking about, you know, um, you know, the medicines that I did and how I quit cold turkey, which I would never recommend anybody do if you're on the medical, um, you know, journey. Um, I don't recommend doing that at all for the sole purpose of, um, you know, when you go cold turkey, you know, you're not weaning yourself off of it and you're going to have, you know, some really bad withdrawal effects and you're also going to have some very bad, um, you know, uh, you know, headaches and things of that nature that's going to cause you to feel, you know, really weird. So your best bet, honestly, is to, um, you know, consult with the doctor if you are on the medicine path. And the reason why I say the medicine path, because there's many different ways to deal with anxiety uh, specifically. Um, and, uh, you know, I, uh, you know, one of those things obviously is talk therapy. I was introduced medicines and that was really the only method. And I think that, you know, I was coming off a period where Zoloft and all those other things were easy to, you know, to kind of prescribe and, you know, now there's more of a holistic approach to it. So, um, you know, a lot of people have a lot more options, but when I was going through mine, that was really the only option that I had. So, like I was saying, I was I, I quit cold turkey, and um, months later, I would say almost a year and a half later, I had some residual anxiety, and there were a couple times, one one particular time, um, I had, uh, and this is when I met my uh, a good friend of mine, Dion. I had one of the worst panic attacks I had had ever. And, um, I remember thinking that I was going to be, you know, that I was going to forget everything I ever knew, uh, for the sole purpose of, uh, uh, of just being in a, in a, in a manic anxiety state, uh, anxiety induced, uh, panic attack. And it was, it was weird because I couldn't find comfort, you know, and I remember calling Dion and Dion was like, uh, um, <laughs> you know, he was telling me just being really soothing and, you know, he was like, yeah, so, you know, what's, um, uh, you know, he would ask me about the day and how it was going and how do I feel? And, you know, he was asking me things to kind of get my mind off of what I was going through. And I remember that day too, because it was super stormy. It was raining like cats and dogs. And, um, yeah, it was, it was frustrating to, um, 
uh, you know, to kind of shake, but he just kept, you know, giving me, you know, just words of encouragement and telling me that I was going to make it. And that was, that was the worst. I thought that I literally believed that I was going to forget everything I ever knew. Honestly, um, I cannot stress that enough. And then, um, there was a point in time where I, you know, had come home from work and, you know, Samuel and I were roommates at the time and I, was in another panic attack mode again and this was the first time that he had experienced anything like that and I had to um you know I was so afraid to call my boss because I felt like I was gonna you know disappoint him and all these other things and you know it it was really like tough on me mentally and uh you know that's why they say never go cold turkey I should have had a discussion but honestly, I, me not being aware of the medical aspect of it and not even considering the idea of, you know, going through withdrawal effects and things of that nature, I really had a uh, tough time with experiencing, you know, the, the residual anxiety and it came back tenfold. It was, like I said, it was horrible. There were times where I thought my life was going to end because of it. And it was, it was, it was, it was exhausting, tiring, frustrating, uh, maddening all in one, you know, but, uh, you know, I, I got back on the medicine. Um, I tried Cymbalta. I did that. And that actually made me lose a lot of weight because I was just super, super depressed and I felt worse. So the Cymbalta wasn't something that I wanted to continue, um, and then eventually, over the years of my anxiety, I began to tweak my medical um, aspect of it and kind of dig in a little more and, you know, get the right, you know, prescription. Because, you know, some some drugs um, doesn't necessarily, um, doesn't always work for everybody. You know what I'm saying? And you just have to kind of go through different, you know, things. Um, I've had, you know, a number of friends who, you know, have been really opposed to taking medicine, you know. Um, and I can understand that. A lot of people feel that it's going to take their edge off of, you know, their creativity or, you know, their being who they are. And I can understand that fear, but I can tell you. Even though I've been on medicine, I don't feel like I've lost myself at all, you know? I can say in the very beginning of me kind of figuring out what medicines work great for me, um, I think I did have a, you know, there were moments of sadness and, and you know, um, uh, isolation that I, I uh, did or went through um, for the sole purpose of... Um, you know, uh, getting the right ingredients to, you know, uh, sustaining my, my anxiety. Um, and doctors literally, they, they say a lot of times that you're in a limited attack mode, which, uh, you know, symptom, uh, mode, which is basically you're not having symptoms of anxiety, you know, but it can kind of rear its head whenever you have triggers and anything that could cause you to kind of be like, ah, you know, um, and go super, um, 
you know, go straight into an anxiety-induced state. And, um, yeah, what were some other things that I went through? Oh, there was, uh, during that time frame, my dad actually came down from Albany, came up from Albany, and, um, yeah, came, came down from Albany, um, because Albany is above us, and he stayed with me for about a week, um, where I, you know, went through the medicine regimen, and I remember him talking about how, oh, Reggie's sick, or Ray is sick, you know, because that was, that was what we thought, and what we call mental illness, you know what I'm saying, not saying that it's right, but yeah, it was like Reggie's sick, so because he's sick, um, he's, you know, he has to take special medicine. And it was a very taboo thing, you know. Frustrating. But, again, you know, we, you know, that was what, what happened. And I don't know what he told his family, but I, I know, or what he told the family. But I know over a number of years, you know, people would try to, especially if they got in an argument, uh, to wield it as a... Uh, a shield in an argument to make me feel bad but you know very early on it probably was pretty successful but now I don't really give a shit you know I talk about my anxiety freely I'm doing a whole freaking episode about it and um you know he came down my buddy Sam I think at the time you know wasn't uh you know too familiar with it hadn't interacted with anybody who who uh, had had anxiety in that way, and for him, it was probably very difficult for him to to grasp. You know, I remember um, people telling me that I needed to make sure I pray every day, and that I need to pray to God to feel better. And you know, it was it was met with a lot of like un unknowledgeable, and almost because of the unknowledgeableness, uh, I guess almost, you know, where people would make comments about it in terms of, you know, insensitive comments sometimes about, you know, you just ain't strong enough or, you know, there's so much, many, so many other things in life that are worse. So why are you letting this take over you and take over your mind or whatever? So, um, and since that point in time, that was about 2008, 2009. And I have been consistently on my medicine for that time frame right i have not had a break in between uh then and now um you know being on my medicine uh the medicine uh that i take now is uh lexapro lorazepam and bupropion it was something else that i used to take but i don't remember it um i was prescribed buspiron at what one uh no, abuse spar and uh you know the three that i'm on now um have definitely um been a mainstay i think they pretty much have my regiment down you know so um i won't be making changes but i do think in the future i will want to you know wean myself off of it and i, I like i said i obviously would want to you know, consult with my doctor, but the therapy aspect of it, um, therapy was, you know, scattered here and there. Um, I didn't get back, you know, even though I had the medicine side of it taken care of, and that was giving me temporary, um, uh, 
relief. And I say temporary relief is because I would find myself still being anxious at times. Um, and I, I also am aware now, looking back at it, that I had triggers too um, that would probably cause me to be anxious too. And, uh, you know, talk therapy didn't really become a part of my mainstay. Like I said, I had had it at one point um, very early on of my diagnosis with anxiety or general anxiety disorder, uh, PTSD. Um, But it wasn't a consistent thing. I would go typically when I felt bad about something. But it wasn't until 2014 when I was... um, you know, an assistant manager at Verizon where I incorporated uh, cognitive behavioral therapy back into my, my diet, if you will. Um, and, uh, I would have to say talk therapy has definitely been something that I, I rave about, you know what I'm saying? Um, it's exciting, you know, it's been exciting. I love being able to converse with my therapist and you know couples therapy and all that stuff to 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 talk about how how happy i've gotten or you know how sad about something i've gotten or you know whatever it is i want to talk about i've been able you know to you know uh find therapists that i i feel comfort with as i stated you know in the previous section is that you know when it came to actually having to um Um, you know, come to grips with it, um, you know, doing cognitive therapy, it was an easy decision because I like to talk anyway. And I had had it before and, you know, it definitely helped in terms of setting the foundation for me to hold myself accountable, you know, in times where I couldn't, you know, and, you know, that's not always the easy thing to do you know, to hold yourself accountable, um, and, you know, what roles you could have played into, you know, um, decisions that you made that might have been the best one, um, based on your anxiety, so, yeah, it, uh, it was, um, very easy for me to get back into that process, but I started on the civilian side, which, um, I, had you know whenever I I would want to get back you know into therapy I knew well I always knew to go to my job you know for the resource uh, group to be able to get free sessions um, and uh, I did that and I got a few um, um, sessions but I wanted something a little bit more long term so I got involved into the VA and, or got back involved into the VA, you know, um, and that's where my therapist that I have now have, um, uh, come out of, you know, my therapist knows everything, you know, um, in some instances, it's a resounding board. Uh, I think he does a very good job of analyzing what I say and actually, you know, helping me come to a, a conclusion that's already, you know, in my heart. And that's one thing about therapists. Therapists, they don't ever give you the answer. Like a lot of people think that, you know, therapists gives you the answer or they think that it's somebody who, you know, judge, make judgment over your life. They just really take what you say 
and you know analyze it and, and different eyes and and uh you know give you the um just you know different ways to look at different things and um it's it can be hard sometimes you know when i lost my mother i had to actually you know talk to my therapist i didn't have an appointment until march which that's the downside of um the va um i had to talk to um i had to talk to my therapist and they were able to give me you know a couple 30 minute sessions in between to kind of see where i was and kind of talk to me about afterwards and it was it was great I, i was glad that i had that at my disposal so um dr Connolly is his name um he is you know the whitest of whitery as uh, amanda seals would say but the thing is is if i have to say and this is another thing she says is um this man is a person who happens to be white he is not somebody that subscribes to you know white su- supremacy um and it's more of a a um a together approach as opposed to him giving me advice or telling me what it is you know speaking from a uh authoritative uh uh experience i mean we obviously he's gonna have his blind spots in certain things but for the most part you know if it's something that i feel like i need he he's always willing to adjust and many can say that that has a lot to do with his job and yeah it does but you know it's also personable enough to where i can feel like it's not it doesn't feel like it's his job you know what i'm saying it feels like there's a level of empathy and, and concern that comes from it and uh you know i've had a fantastic time you know with experiencing my therapy uh with him and you know um i've experienced a lot of growth and and all that stuff in in in, in the recent years uh, with mostly finding and understanding my triggers and acknowledging that you know at the very on- early onset of my um anxiety because i still do have anxiety attacks but recognizing that it's temporary it's not going to be something that i need to be that i'm stuck in a trance in and i'm going to be in it forever you know so um yeah it's been very good i have no complaints at all about about the gentleman i have uh um the gentleman i i have my therapy with um and uh that's that's been something mainstay um i i do know and i understand that therapy can you know become a crutch at some point too um and you do have to take in consideration of how you would want to um you know wean off of that too because that eventually could be a crutch and um you know at some point i plan on looking into that but i think it's very very helpful to um to have it so i'm gonna take another break and then we're gonna round out we're gonna finish up this conversation all right guys we'll, we'll talk soon and um how therapy has helped me with exploring my traumas um you know i when I was rattling them off in the, the previous episode, you know, um, <clears throat> I, I didn't get to 
realizing that those were traumas that I hadn't resolved until I had a conversation with my therapist. Um, you know, just over time, I realized that I had, you know, issues with my mom being mentally ill and how I handled that. I had uh, issues with my parents, you know, a few things that I, I, I went over and honestly, it was just casual how these things came out. It had everything to do with things that I had been thinking, you know, maybe the week prior or situations that I've had that, you know, um, you know, have come out of the week. And my therapist does a very good job of tying it back. He's like, oh, well, in in this particular session, we talked about, you know, this, this and this. How do you think that relates to now? And, you know, what do you think about it? And, And so on and so forth. It's 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 been a good experience. You know, I've had, um, you know, some people who have, um, you know, who haven't had a, as great of experience as I have, or haven't really been receptive to the experience, you know, because of their own insecurities. And that's, that's, that's okay. You know, that's fine. Um, you just have to figure out what works best for you. Um, you know, it is definitely one of the biggest tools I think into, because we we have a lot of shit that be going on in this world, and a lot of times we're just told to take it, like we just have to, you know, deal with it, you know. And it's tough, you know, with everything that's going on, you need somebody to to help you process the world. And um, you know why I don't think friends are it at times is because, as I stated before, they will tailor their. Uh, their advice based on knowing you as a person so it's going to be easy for them to be able to give you um you know opinion tailored to you you know but not allow for any you know moment of of of, uh of you know self-reflection to where they get you to see it from a different lens you know Um, I mean, you probably do have friends out there who are able to do that, but, you know, having somebody who is professionally trained in it, um, to help notice those things that friends might not notice because they know you, um, and showing you how they are probably impacting, you know, current relationships, you know, when we were going through some of the stuff that we were going through, um, my family members, that is. Uh, when my mom was passing and all the stuff that we were doing, it was, it was interesting to me to see, you know, how angry certain things made certain people. And, you know, me being someone of logical thought, you know, I would always wonder, like, are they mad at me? Or is this something else that's bubbling up? You know, I, I don't go around, you know, contrary to what many may believe with this whole particular subject don't on therapy, I don't go around beating people's head, uh, and, you know, telling them that they need to go to therapy, you know, I, you know, walk the walk, you know, I know that charity starts at home, and in order for me to be able to, you know, to show that it works, because a lot of people are skeptical for whatever reason, is I know I have to do the work myself, um, but, this world is a lot more difficult than it was when we were, you know, children, you know? I mean, a lot of people like to think that things that are happening are just a repeat of, 
you know, history happens to repeat itself. And yes, I agree, but we didn't have the technology to to stay focused in these things a lot longer than what we do. You know, the aspect of social media. And, uh, yeah. Excuse me, guys. Just that whole ordeal, that idea that um, that um, that everything is ain't as good as it seems. You know, I mean, we have people that go on a social media, um, uh, you know, tour, apologizing for things that they did. You know, so social media has definitely impacted the way we consume media and the way we consume these things that are happening because you can have a million and ones uh, people point of view, but you also have to, you know, process your point of view and then you, you, you see it. Everything is at your fingertips, you know, which back in the day, um, I forget who was it, it was this comedian that was telling the story of, uh, you know, <laughs> yeah, I think it was Godfrey. Um, on uh, uh, Tiffany Hatch's Day Ready, he was saying something about, you know, when kids were growing up, you know, if something bad happened, you know, now we can just send a message to somebody. But, um, you know, with something bad happening, you know, you can, you know, back in the day, it used to be, oh, you didn't find out about it until you got home. You know, we have news cycles that's 24 hours when back in the day also... It was like 12, 3, and then 11, you know, um, or 6 and then 11. So, you know, the these things are, are impacting us a lot more than um, what has happened in the past. And that's just the way that it is. So, you know, you do need somebody that's going to be, you know, that's going to help you be able to process this stuff because you might not even understand why you feel so affected about something and and why you feel so strongly about something and in reality you know it's you know it's it's you feel you feel some type of way you know and um yeah i love going to therapy i get excited when i have a therapy appointment you know our next therapy appointment that carlos and i have you know with our uh our uh, couples uh, therapy is on the 4th of March, you know, and, uh, you know, she's a young, you know, Asian woman who just recently had a baby. Very, very sweet. You could tell like the more casual, you know, approach that she does with, you know, um, with how we are with each other than my therapist. You know, they they go at it a very difficult, uh, not difficult, but very different ways. Like he's more like, you know straight to the point she was like well reggie you know maybe you can think of it this way and she takes the time to explain it you know in a way that it's consumable for me and it's great it's great i wouldn't change it for the world so um yeah i've had uh i've had some good points and good moments in therapy and i i recommend it to anybody and my my suggestion is that you may feel awkward you know, but with time, as all things do, it'll become something that you're used to. And, you know, you're always going to, you know, be better for it. So, you know, stand firm on it. And, you know, when you get to that point, you'll know when it's when it's time. You know, um, I wouldn't go to my parents and be like, 
you know, my dad, you know, hey, you need to go to therapy because I don't think that would be effective for him now. I mean, my dad's 70 years old and, you know, he's had, you know, a whole lifetime of being able to experience things and and go through the things that he did and not have that as a coping mechanism, you know, not having a therapist or not having, you know, cognitive behavioral therapy or, you know, um, all these other outlets that we, you know, have self-care, you know, he, he didn't have those things. So I, I think it would be a, a fish out of water for him, you know, if he had to, um, you know, do that. So it all depends on the person. And everybody has to come to their stage of it at some point. Um, don't beat yourself up, you know, if you can't pick up a, you know, the the if you can't pick up the pace and do it, you know, um, just take your time, believe in yourself, and you know, all things in their own time. So, with that being said, guys, I'm gonna go ahead and end it here. Thank you for your journey, um, and I hope that I've given you guys, you know, a little bit of an insight on. Uh, you know, therapy, and hopefully I didn't go too far off topic, but, um, you know, this, these type of topics, you know, touch on many aspects of, of other things, so I expect it to kind of move as it, you know, if it flows, but, uh, yeah, you know, go out and get some therapy, man, you know, if it don't work out the first time, try somebody else, you know, it's, it's your health at stake. It's your mental health at stake. All right. So you guys enjoy the rest of your day. I got a uh, massage coming up pretty soon. So I'm very excited about that. I appreciate you guys, you guys for listening. Don't forget, please go out and subscribe, follow, share, and also leave a comment on, um, uh, uh, leave a, uh, rating on, uh, Apple music. Because it is on Apple Music. It's also on Google Podcasts as well. Um, the native app Anchor. Um, so you can, if you've downloaded the app, you can listen through there. And uh, yeah, that'd be greatly appreciated, guys. Enjoy the rest of your day. Thank you for helping me um, process these, these things. And I will talk to you later. Have a good one. Peace.